they had the segregations even in churches where the rich people had their special pews and seats with their names on it and massive curtains were pulled around them so they didn't have to see the rest of the masses the poor people which they called servile all sitting just across the way and round about them it would offend their eyes when they're thinking about the good deeds of Jesus and God and these poor folk interfered with that nice happy feeling that's hypocrisy unfortunately of class and individuality and riches that comes all the way down through time to the present era hasn't changed a bit it's a little bit more disguised in some countries like the US than others but in other countries like Europe it was easy to know uh, who was your better according to the accent Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And before the break there, I was talking about how people who were in the churches had curtains drawn around them so that they couldn't see the poor folk living or or sitting next to them. They had their own cordon-off areas, massive heavy curtains that came all the way to the ceiling to the floor. And they called the people villains. And they call them uh, servile, servant. You're, you're a servant. You're from the, the serf class. And you also were servile. I've got, a, I've got an echo in my ear here from the station of the rock continue. So you're a servile and you were also vile from villain. Because they believed that those from the lower classes had no natural, noble qualities within them. It was written about openly amongst the, 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 the peer group at the top and published in many books. They had no, no problems talking about this natural order, as they called it. And eventually, of course, they were overthrown through different means. And because of their greed and their, their lust for more power and more and more and more over the masses below them, they were overthrown, but the problem down through the ages generally is that the victor becomes the tyrant in turn in this giant uh, seesaw that we have called the world in the fight for fairness and equality and all the rest of it. Uh, those who are given equality end up being uh, more superior than the, the ones that they wanted equality with. And we see this and they become tyrannical in their own turn. However, what's even more interesting is to watch it's obviously a higher party in on the whole act that uses all of these movements to gain power and total control to a definite ending. And that's the scary part that people eventually come to the, when they hit against the wall at the end of this long run. What on earth is this power that seems to coordinate it all so well? Is it simply all done by computers? interacting with each other is it just that we live in such an age of massive super communication that tyrants and their minions of bureaucrats and departments can work for them and communicate so readily and easily or and how long have they had computers is another big question too because we're the last ever to know uh, what the real truth is when it comes to science that knowledge is power 
and those in power have always kept higher, higher knowledge silent from the people. They don't share it. And whatever we're given is obsolete. And from professorship down is the lowest level of reality. Different levels of reality work simultaneously together. And once in a while, you'll have the big boys that are presented to us on television, giving out little catchphrases and buzzwords, and never really explaining what they mean. And curiously enough, the press never asked them what they mean either. They listened to them like the term New World Order, uh, that Butch Sr. rolled off his tongue so many times, first on September the 11th, 1990, and then the following year on September the 11th. It's just a coincidence, of course, in 91, the New World Order coming into view. And it's not a, a horrific term. It's been used down through the ages, especially the last 300 years, as they talk about the change of regimes in the world uh, and power balance, balance of power. Uh, Britain was the first to use it, bringing in new world orders across the world as it conquered and slaughtered and plundered to civilize the populations of the poor people who didn't know anything about religion and the British way of life. But it's been ongoing too, and once the Cold War was decided to come to an end, and it must have been decided long before any wall went down, uh, that's a given fact, especially when you read Gorbachev's speeches before it happened, immediately before it happened and just after. It was a planned event that a new world order, a new balance of power would come into view. The problem is they didn't have a main enemy left, no bogeyman. That's a big thing. And governments need bogeymen in order to keep themselves in jobs, primarily, and have to... These are very, very lucrative jobs, the higher you go. And not only bureaucrats, but all the, the, the spooky agencies that you have that live during the Cold War, for instance, and dozens and dozens and dozens of specialized departments and thousands and thousands of people all working on trying to anticipate the enemy's next move, like a big chess game. And never mind the military-industrial complex that's involved in making a huge profit during it all. And suddenly you've got no main enemy to blame. And of course, just like the Soviet Union, when it first set up, had to find enemies within. And so they dreamed up the idea of terrorism. The definition of a terrorist will constantly be expanded until it includes, includes everyone with a thought or a comment that's not 100% politically correct. The term political correctness came from the Soviet Union. That's a direct translation from it. Anti-government is another term they used in the Soviet Union. that's now used here. And that term began to be used here in the early 90s for the first time. Nothing has happened by chance. We've been led along a particular path herded like sheep along it, in fact, at a time when they gave us the biggest glut of credit, easy available credit in history, so that we wouldn't notice we were too busy enjoying ourselves and playing, thinking it would go on forever. And the media gave us a ball with movie after movie being churned out of the big Hollywood machine, and music was going through the roof with 
sales and all the rest of it. And meanwhile, these characters are working busily to get the next part of this this prison that we're in built, mainly through laws and legislation, thousands and thousands of laws and regulations. We've watched farmers being put out of business in our own lifetimes. There was no help from the government because the agenda was to eradicate farming. Because food and water in all ages, even thousands of years ago, was used as a method of warfare and power over peoples. Our own governments have been completely complicit in helping these big institutions and corporations patent every living thing on the planet, meaning they've given themselves the legal rights to everything, simply because no one had ever thought that they could do it before. It was unthinkable to patent seeds that have been passed down through the centuries. But these boys thought about it, and they've done it. Not only the seeds, there are 20 major international corporations that now own the 20% of the human gene pool, the Genome Project. And eventually you'll be unable to breed without permission and paying a fee for the license to do so. Because you will be property. I'm not kidding about this. It's already underway. When we tie this whole agenda together, which is just like pulling the drawstrings on an incredibly large fishing net, which is in a field of grass, it's all lumped together and scattered all over the place. You'd hardly know where the edge was, where the mouth of it was, or anything else was. But when you start pulling that drawstring, and you see that loop forming, you see that's what's happening to us. It's so huge by itself, it's hard to pick any single part and tie it to the rest until you pull that drawstring. We're watching the drawstring being pulled together now. Education, the militarization of police, the big institutions with the United Nations, the whole depopulation program, the eradication eventually of inferior types, all of that stuff is happening. The inability to medical treatment, basic stuff, is already happening across the Western world if you don't have the right policies and can afford the bucks. That didn't happen by chance. It didn't happen because they ran out of money. Governments plan how many doctors they will need in the next 20 years, 30, 40, and 50 years. They decide how many will go through medical school. When they create shortages of them, it was planned that way. It was planned that way. You wouldn't want lots and lots of people with the skills to save people when you're you're planning to release plagues eventually down the road to kill them off. We're watching big tests being carried out in major cities and areas to do with coming catastrophes and plagues over and over and over again, all to do with containment of the public. 
And it's mentioned in major media as though it was some sort of public holiday type event. Everything except the bugles and the fanfare. That's how it's presented. Because once, so once again, you don't worry about it, like Brzezinski said, unless the media tells you to worry about it. We expect them to tell us anything we really, really need to know to survive. And that's our downfall. Their job is to advise us, plant the seed, get us ready for it, but take no action. Don't be involved. Meanwhile, we have a whole new age movement, the new religion, a thousand faces of ISIS all around us to bring it in. Nothing's real. Back with more after the following messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just pointing out the immensity of this Tucker Knot that's really coming out now for the first time all around us, and how, apart from all of the laws and regulations ready to be enacted, by the way, and some of them are being enacted, including the carbon taxes in British Columbia, Sure, to be seen everywhere, you're going to have a form of slavery, a new type of slavery, where you don't have to be obedient to the authorities in ways you'd never imagined, including what you think and what you say. We'll all have to become very good actors so that we don't give away what we're really thinking as we get watched and scanned by cameras everywhere for frowns and that kind of thing, little giveaways. Meanwhile, you have the big new age movement, the big religion that they always create to bring in a new world order, a new era, the time of Aquarius, a religion where, under the guise of being completely liberal and accepting of everything, it's completely intolerant of anything or anybody with a different opinion. It has no toleration whatsoever for those with differing opinions. There is no absolute right or wrong in this new religion. And if you claim that there is, you'll see how tolerant they become. And we're watching this happen. And people are flooding into it, really thinking, and being brought up with it, many of them thinking that, that it's all normal. A thousand names for meditations and out-of-body experiences and, and everything's wonderful and happy. And the whole purpose of life is just to be happy personally. And anything that's not too happy, like slaughtering people across the planet, you just turn and look the other way, because that's negative. And that'll bring you down. You don't want that. You want positive. So you allow horror to continue and to escalate. Quite simple, but rather disgusting. But, again, predictable, because this was written about in the 1800s, that this particular religion made up of a thousand organizations but all leading the people to the same path that would be brought into force. Now I've got Don on the line. Are you there, Don? Hello, Don? No, no Don. I'll get back to that later. Hello? Are you there, Alan? Yes. How are you doing tonight? Not so bad. Keep me out of this freezing rain. 
Yeah, good. Um, I wanted to cover the subject of Codex uh, Alimentarius. Yeah. I know that's something you were talking about tonight. Uh, that's amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, people don't realize it, but that that's, you know, they're planning on, according to what their own records, that that'll kill approximately 3 billion people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, plus two, you see, in this day and age, you can't really be... It's difficult to be, in fact, none of us really know what it is to be healthy as our great-grandparents were. We don't right. know. We think we are, but we're not really. And we can tell that, that as we get more advanced, supposedly, with inoculations and so on, the unhealthier we become, the weaker we are. So even with intensive farming, the great science of intensive farming and the adding of different chemicals to the earth, it, it does not put the minerals and vitamins back into it. So we end up being a lethargic, weak and not too bright population, which I think is what they wanted. And you, again, they won't, they're, now they're taking away all the supplements that you could use because you can buy big potatoes and big carrots and all the rest of it look great, but they're all modified and they're also brought up in depleted soil, so you're not getting all the things that you need. So now they're going to make sure that you simply cannot get what you need to supplement that. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Because, you know, I remember you were talking about the fact that, you know, uh, the United Nations would become the world government by 2012, and, you know, I, I like what you say, to always question what you hear. So you know, I started doing some research, and I wondered why that would be, because I had never run across that information. And what I discovered was uh, there's a lot of, well, you know, and most people know, there's a lot of trouble coming our way. Yes, yeah, an awful lot of trouble. And uh, it's chaos, you see. It's, it's order out of chaos. you got to understand what they mean by chaos. Now, everything that was, that means humans, the old, any old culture, mating with a partner to breed, um, love itself has to be completely eradicated from the human psyche. The memory right. has to be even eradicated from it. And, and that's what you're seeing. We've been living through it. We've been living through it our entire lives, watching it happen. And it was a purposeful plan. Uh, but they haven't stopped yet. Uh, anything goes. I can remember in 2001, uh, the month before 9-11 happened, the international census bureaus met together. Now, every country has a census bureau for TV, radio, and you think they're there to safeguard your culture. Well, once again, wrong again. You must take it from the other perspective. This is how this whole system works. Their job, you know, those are, their, job I have is, a... their job is to literally see if you're ready to push the envelope a step further and debase you even further. And they talked about putting out more and more, um, uh, uh, actually, homosexual comedies. But they said the next step is to push bestiality and intergenerational sex. Yeah, and, and you can see that coming because, you know, I, I went to a basketball game for my son the other day. He's 17. He's a senior in high school. And, and uh, the kids, I mean, the talk w- was just unreal. The conversation these kids would carry on. I mean, it was only sexual in nature, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And anyway, uh, also, do you mind if I get off topic just a second? Uh, yeah, hold on, and we'll talk after this uh, break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi, I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix, and we've still got Don on the line who's going to talk about some other topic. What is it, Don? Okay, the topic was, uh, I had a military recruiter call me today, because as I was saying before, my son's 17 and he's getting ready to graduate, if you want to call that, from high school. Yeah. And uh, it amazed me, uh, I mean, because I just speak openly, and I was talking about, you know, the North American Union. He, he was going around recruiting these young women and young men to fight for a country that doesn't exist. So we went, we went into detail talking. He, he knew about Agenda 21, Kyoto Agreement. He knew all these things. And I said, well, why on earth would you recruit young women and young men to go and fight for something that doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so his only answer was, is that, uh, you know, we got to protect the world. And I said, listen, you know, I went on to talk about the, you know, as far as the Disarmament Act, you know, as you know about the PL87-297 Armed Control and Disarmament Act. Yeah. He said he had no idea of it. And I said, that is amazing because they have gradually been implementing it and, and getting rid of our army and giving it to the United Nations. Yeah. Well, he knows that. He knows that. I mean, there's not a soldier in the world that's worked with the United Nations uh, where, they, where they put off their usual cap and put on the blue beret and then back again the next day like, you know, musical chairs. They know what's going on. Well, he you know, tried to pull a quick one on me, and you know, and he said, uh, you know, are you sure this isn't just conspiracy theory sites? And I said, listen, <laughs> when you're able to weave together a picture like we've just discussed in our conversations, I say, like, we go beyond a conspiracy theory. We're talking factual here. Mm-hmm. And he, all he could say was, is, i got to go, sir. Yes. Yes, he, ha- he has to say that. He can't go any further with it because fact is fact. And yeah. when... When, when Woodrow Wilson set up and funded, using American taxpayers' money, the League of Nations, to bring it all in, read the books that were printed at that time by Wilson and his friends. It's astounding. This whole agenda was in, in those particular books. They bring about a world society, a world system, a world government, and so on. Yeah, and one more thing, I, I'll let you go, but, you know, and then after the conversation, my wife said, you know, you know, one of these days you're going to come to our house and arrest you and take our family and you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, at some point, you have to speak out. I don't think we have much longer to be able to speak freely like this. You're quite correct, but we won't have much longer. I can see them coming down. Uh, even on the talk shows, they'll start to censor them and, and give them a list of topics that are taboo and what to avoid and which ones are politically correct and have us all talk about politics for the rest of our lives, and that's quite safe. Yeah, you know, all these subjects, I, like I said, I have a 17-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter, and uh, we've been reading your books, but you know, I have to openly discuss the fact that, you know, about the fact that they're trying to kill us. I mean, it's tough to be able to convey that to your young kids and be That's honest, right. but at the same time to teach them the spiritual message to be strong That's and right. to be willing to know yourself and to be willing to understand that there's life. Something out there is greater than, than this world. Yeah, this is, the, this is an interesting point because... When you look at the fall of Greece, uh, mind you, the elite simply moved to Rome, and then the so-called fall of Rome, you'll see the same debauchery going on at that particular time with the wealthy, with what we call at that time the upper middle class, the same uh, uh, New Age type scenarios. Everyone wanted to be a god, thought they were a god, and I keep telling people that humanity, we we, we, we cannot handle godhood. We can't do it. It's impossible. And, and yet the whole New Age movement, all the signs and symptoms of the end of a society, the end of an age, are here right now uh, with the same ominous 
um, repercussions that will happen throughout society as whatever comes out of it does come out, does emerge after the chaos. And all we can do is retain our consciousness and our memories and our humanity. It's like Orwell said, the hardest thing is holding on to your humanity, and yet it's, it's vital uh, so that we can come through and teach people as to what happened, how we got to that awful stage. That's all you know, we can one of the last things, One of the last things that the recruiter said before I left was, he said, you know, what group do you belong to? I mean, what organization? And I said, I don't belong to a group. I don't believe in it. And I said, if I did, you'd, re- you'd infiltrate it anyway. Yeah. And he said, what? <laughs> yeah, <And> I, yeah. <laughs> I said, listen, I said, you know, I'm a sentient human being. I said, I'm growing and learning. But I said, you know, I said, you know these things. I said, how do you sleep at night? And he hung up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to let you go, Alan, but I appreciate you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. He, 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 just, he keeps doing it for his paycheck and his status, and and the hope too that he and his own family will be spared, be beaten it with the winners. You see, uh, there's Jim from Texas. Are you there, Jim? Yes, hello. Hello. Go ahead. Yes, uh, Alan. I want to ask you a quick question. Um, first of all, I seen that uh, reality check too. You have? Yeah. I thought that was excellent. Um, some of your listeners might have watched uh, reality check one for free. And yeah. uh, I think Reality Check 2 is on a kind of whole different uh, production level. And uh, so I just want to let you know that. But um, the CDs you have for sale, yeah. the two 12-hour uh, ones, Yeah. I was wondering, is that something you would listen to in uh, in order, like in some type of sequence, or is it more like, uh, like a bunch of uh, different random shows? It's random shows, but along maybe in some areas it's more in-depth in some of them to do with ancient history, which is very interesting, it's very uh, it's, it's pertinent to what's happening today. Uh, you'd be surprised how much that happened in ancient times that's pertinent to today. And, and it, it kind of fills in a lot of little holes along the way, little blank spots, and helps you get another picture of the same, the psychopathic personalities running the world in ancient times, their, their modus operandi, and you'll you recognize the same things all done through history once you understand that. All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to those. I'm going to put in an order for that tomorrow. And uh, I'll let you go. But one thing I wanted to say before I went, I was uh, having trouble with a lot of people that I thought were, uh, you know, waking up. And, and I was wrong. But huh. I, I thought there was a lot of people that could wake up. And then I was reading uh, 1984 again. And it reminded me of uh, Winston's girlfriend. Yeah. When he's sitting there and he's reading this book, and she accepts everything, mm-hmm. but but she just falls asleep. Yes. You know, it's like yeah, no big deal. And yep. that that was uh, a lot of people. I know a lot of people like Winston's girlfriend, I guess. And that, that's uh, a good analogy. It's a perfect analogy, actually. A lot of people can go along. They, they see the basic stuff, so they, they can listen to you talking about the, the higher in depth stuff. But really, they've made a decision in their own minds. And the decision is there's nothing you can do, so don't worry any more about it. Uh, it. It really is a decision they come to, yeah. Yeah, I've had uh, people tell me straight to my face, yeah, yeah, that's all That's all true, Jim. But uh, that, that's just stressful to think about. So, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to bother with it. And then they'll get back into stuff they know is baloney. I'll hear them arguing about stuff they know is baloney, but I guess, you know, whatever makes you feel good, I guess. Yeah, that's it is egocentric behavior. To know, and people phone me up and want me to teach them privately, and I, and I always say to them, 
do you really, really want the truth that says, because if you have the truth, you'll have consequences. And, right. and those consequences are that you'll have to, uh, you, you might risk losing everyone that you know. You might yeah. lo risk losing a husband or a wife or being ostracized by your entire family. That is the sad truth. And, and yet that's the price of knowledge uh, and truth. Uh, because once you understand what's happening, you can't remain mute with it. You have to use the knowledge. You have to use it. That's the key to it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, Alan. And thanks and, for uh, calling. You have a good night. You too. Now we've got Alex from Canada. Are you there, Alex? Hello. Hello. Hi, hi, Alan. Um, I want to know you, what your views on uh, uh, Chinese medicine were. Whether you thought uh, you know this, this this thing they have about meridian lines and uh, acupuncture, if it had any value in it. I personally think, to be honest, again, it's all part of the old New Age. It's all recycled again. Mm -hmm. Where they bring in all the, the cultures together of the world to bring a new culture in, mm -hmm. and you'll find people will get temporary relief from any of these things, including basic hypnosis. Now they're even using laser therapy mm -hmm. for stopping smoking. Any, yeah. Anything which you happen to believe in at the time uh, will give you temporary relief, uh, mm -hmm. but it will re-emerge itself. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many magical qualities they hand it to you or, or the philosophies behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it doesn't really matter. And, and I say basic hypnosis will have the same effect. So when, so, they, when a it, practitioner, let's say, takes my pulse and tells me about my liver and pulse yeah. is really weak, is that, is that complete nonsense? Is he feeling something? Or? Uh, yeah, it, it certainly you can't it just know how the liver is doing by taking the pulse. It's, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> Unless he's waving his little divining stick at the same time and looking at a crystal ball. See, what you're looking at basically... So are they self-deluded as well, some of these practitioners, or...? Um, some of them are. Some of them, yeah. Some of them, I've talked to some of them, mm -hmm. and they definitely are deluded. Uh, some of them end up dying uh, out of their own treatments. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's what they end up going in these weird binges of certain herbs and so on until they literally die. Right. How yeah. about uh, so? Is like water fasting and juice fasting the same sort of thing? Uh, I think probably fasting's more or sensible if you want to clear your toxins out. Certainly, don't bring more in while you're doing it. You right. simply Stop eating for a while and try to let your body clear itself out. And that's beneficial. That has some benefit to it. Pardon? That, that, so you're saying that actually does have some benefit to it? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, give your body rest. Give your, your body a rest because, um, you, you know, it's true. Your liver has to, to break down all poisons and mm -hmm. toxins mm -hmm. and drugs as well mm -hmm. uh, in order to uh, turn them into products which can be excreted in your urine and your breath and, and feces, mm -hmm. and, and it works overtime in this day and age with with all the chemicals in the food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that's really interesting. Very interesting. Now, I've heard about this codex before, mm -hmm. as to do with supplements, and I've heard about it a while ago. Um, is it well, is it coming to Canada, or I mean, will I not be able to buy my supplements anymore in the, in the near future? Or it, it will. Yeah, it will come worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to so have to what? You're going to need a prescription or something? Exactly. Everything that you need for survival, you'll oh. have to be a goody two shoes, or you won't get your prescription. All these things are to make sure that you will obey every order and rule, or you'll be punished by not getting what you need. Wow. I just I wonder how that's going to play out because there's so many people who are aware of their health, and you know they you know like I know, 
and they take certain supplements and this and that. If the government all said, said, you know what, no, you need prescriptions, they would freak out. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Like, I think there'd be a backlash. I don't know how, how easy they'd be able to get away with that. Well, the only time that Canadians, I remember, ever, ever en masse lobbied the government, mm-hmm. apart from the lobby groups, but the actual people themselves, mm-hmm. it was the, the snowbirds when they were told the elderly, they were told they were deregulating the cable TV industry and they were going to get pay, uh, charged full cost for their cable television or they'll be cut off. That was the only time <laughs> the Canadians ever petitioned the government. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So if they're just careful not to, to, uh, to raise taxes on beer too high and uh, that's right. keep, the, keep the cable prices down, we'll be fine. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. That's the only time the Canadians ever, ever got so angry about something was because their TV, that, that big teat was going to be turned off. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate well, your, for your thoughts. Thank you. And, and that's a silly world we live in, and it tells you a lot about people too. But yeah, in an interdependent world, everything you need for your personal survival will be owned by someone else, and you'll have to be very good, or you'll be punished because all of this food, water, a clothing, shelter, uh, medicine is going to be used as a, a, a method for you to conform or, or they'll punish you by not allowing it to you. That's, that was discussed even um, with Bertrand Russell and his various groups back in the 50s. And they're bringing a, a credit system of money once they go through the major crisis that they'll organize, and that will also be retracted. You won't get your credits at the beginning of the week to pay your rent or buy food. And that'll be punishment, very simple punishment, scientifically organized. Now we have uh, Keith from Florida. Are you there, Keith? Hello, Keith. No. No, Keith. Okay, I'll, I'll try Keith later on. But, yeah, you understand how this is all set up. We hear these little buzzwords like interdependence, and it sounds so vague and kind of fuzzy, uh, that, it, that it, we don't question what this ramifications on us personally. And it's not just a nation helping nation or we build part of a car here and some other country builds the rest. It's not sharing as you think. It's literally putting you into a dependent situation because the United Nations taking over from the League of Nations said, and following the same agenda, uh, said that independence was a curse and they bring in interdependence. Manly P. Hall uh, made a, a, a statement about interdependence back in the 1920s as well. Uh, they, they understood where they were going with this. And then it was made popular by Maggie Thatcher in her reign of terror. She went on the Falklands War because they had to give her a war since that was her one demand. She wanted to be, lead Britain through a war like her hero Winston Churchill. So she gave, they gave her a mini-war called the Falklands. And she said that, yep, interdependence would be the way to go. Hello, Keith, are you there? Hello, Alan, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, Alan. Hey, uh, boy, it was quite a shock last week when I tuned into uh, your your normal two-hour program on We the People, and I got hit by a couple of juvenile uh, kids. Sounds like they were in their garage doing a radio show. Yeah. Last week. It was... Uh, Sort of, I felt sort of humiliated. I hope uh, Mr. Statmiller uh, at least appreciates what he has with you uh, there at RBN. Yeah. I yeah. hope he does, because uh, we the people, 
I tell you, I will not listen to that radio show again except for uh, to uh, call each and every one of them to remind them that they need to uh, think about something more than Ron Paul and uh, Gold Bullion and all the other nonsense that they hawk, that, that, that assault we- weapon that they always like to sell over there, that, that Belgian assault rifle I get tired of hearing about. Uh-huh. Yeah, so anyway, I just want to let you know that we really appreciate you um, for what you do, your integrity, and uh, don't ever sell out. I know you won't. No. No, I won't sell out. Um, I could certainly uh, be living high on the hog in many different areas if I wanted to. I bet. Uh, but I'm certainly not doing it, and uh, it's quite, uh, it's almost uh, hermit-like here in a sense, too. Most folk would say you're deprived. Mm-hmm. I just say I'm depraved. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I know the feeling. I'm a, I'm a, uh, a struggling poet myself, and I tell you what, I, what I've, I've recently confronted and uh my pursuit to uh, become a published poet is the uh, hierarchy of uh, power that controls not only the media but the uh, literary world. Yes. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's sort of a, they have sort of a steel trap on things, so to speak. And I, who yep. owns that We the People, by the way? Is that, is that Bob Schultz? Who owns it? Yeah, who owns it? Who, who are the, who are the uh, primary uh, interests in that? I don't, I don't know about Bob Schultz or who really does have the top say. You know? mm-hmm. Because uh, I know that Bob Schultz had that, uh, he had that lawsuit that, that, that no one seems to talk about anymore. It's the, the lawsuit to uh, stop the voting machines. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I thought that he, had, he was an uh, interest in that, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't really know. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. All right, thanks, Alan. Bye. Like after the following messages. Hi, I'm Alan Watt, back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And the last caller was quite right in how the heavy door above you is either closed or open if you're a writer or a poet or whatever, because the culture industry is incredibly controlled, is totally controlled. In fact, it has to be, because going back to the days of Plato, he goes through how culture is created and authorized from the top down because thoughts and pictures influence your mind therefore they they won't decide what is going to influence you in what direction and therefore what's in is in and the news travels very quickly in all media of artistry as to what they want at the top what they're going to buy what's popular right now and same in music the copycats jump in quickly they sniff the wind and they know which way it's going, and they hope to get in on it. And some do uh, for a little while and, and make some money out of it. But that's how heavily the culture industry is. The top writers, novelists, and poets uh, since the, at least the 50s onwards, according to declassified documents from the CIA, were basically authorized to be out there doing what they were doing by the CIA as, as they ran a department of culture. And I grew up in Europe wondering why every country, including Britain, had a governmental department of culture that dished out grants and money to certain artists or writers or television producers and so on, until I realized they're guiding the whole culture. 
they, in other words, they are deciding which way it's going to go by what you see and hear. And it was the same in every European country. It's the same across the world. And when they had the international meeting on who would be the world's culture creator, a big a two or three week expose and debate held in London, England in the 60s with the Royal Institute of International Affairs with its cousin, the CFR, they decided that Hollywood would be given the main job of creating the culture for the world. Monkey see, monkey do, and we certainly do. We emulate whatever we see. Again, read Plato's uh, Republic and read his other books too, because he mentions how culture is so easily understood and how you can use formulas in culture. What works in one time can be brought back again if you understand the formula and introduce that formula in the right sequence, the public will adapt just as they did before. In other words, whatever humanity has been made to do in the past and accepted can be brought back again at any time. And we're living through that time now. They're using it to the full, especially with all the television uh, toys that they have and ways of communicating directly to us now. There ain't a host of magazines and books out there and novels. Uh, even the, one of the biggest in things right now, and has been for some years, is historical novels. Novels that do take certain parts of history and weave incredible detailed stories, but they spin everything, of course. They spin it all, and that's how you implant thoughts. When we think we're being entertained and we're enjoying it, the censor part of the mind is down. You're not critical of anything, and you can be indoctrinated quite simply. And definitely comedy and so on is the easiest way to give you predictive programming without you realizing it. Your, your guard is completely down. Well, from Hamish myself up here in a freezing rain night in Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you.